Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Arcane Wonders. And hello, Ruel. How are you, sir? Good, Richard. How's it going? It's going okay. I uh, am doing all right. I still haven't quite recovered from Dice Tower West convention last week. Uh, my my voice is on the edge, but hopefully we'll be able to continue our soon-to-be award-winning uh, top 100 games of all time list, I am sure. The definitive yeah. list that nobody else can touch. It's been pretty good so far, and I am really excited about what I'm talking about this week. What about you? So am I. Um, it just all the games we've talked about so far, all rock-solid picks, and I don't think anyone can fault any of the games that we put on there because, again, like you said, this is the definitive list and uh, just some awesome games, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to be talking about today as well. Cool. All right. But before we get to that, do you have a question for me? I do, and I was just about to say it, but uh, you beat me to it. Really, you know, nothing but the smoothest segues uh, on the internet, folks. Hey, yep. Richard, what's going on on the t- uh, table there? I see this, like, really cool pagoda thing happening there. What is that? I'm glad you asked, Ruel. This is the wrong button I just hit. This is the correct <laughs> button. Look, it's Four Seasons from sponsor of the show Arcane Wonders. And I got to say, this is probably my favorite game from Arcane Wonders, period. I absolutely adore this game. Um, both for the components. This is a, um, a goods harvesting and then convert, you know, fulfilling resources to score points kind of game. And the way it works is, on your turn, you've always got five cards in your hand. And these are sweet, sweet multi-use cards. Absolutely love them. You can use them, um, put them into play, so that you can start working on a beautiful bit of scenery that you're trying to create artistically. Or you can use them to do all kinds of different special powers, most commonly manipulating this tower. Or you can use them to convert, to get the resources from the power to tower to your build site. So like if this were my first turn of the game, I might look at this and say, hey, you know what? Okay, I've got two of the three orange cards I need to make the beautiful um, orange uh, segue, which is worth a certain amount of points. So I might want to go for those. On your turn, you've got three actions. So you might have an action to say, hey, put a card into play, right? So now I am working on completing this. I need some uh, lumber. I need some green, some uh, some uh, greenery. And then I might say, oh, you know, these two work together. Let's say this is my second of three actions. And now to actually build these, I need one of each resource. How do I get those resources? The beautiful, beautiful tower. Let me show you the tower from a different angle because it's so awesome. This thing rotates on multiple levels and it determines what it is you're going to be able to harvest when you do what I'm about to do. I just randomize things. You normally don't get to do this in game. Uh, Let's come back to the overhead view. And so, what do I need? I need one of everything. And let's say the tower is looking at me like this. Which means, I have the option to get some stone, and then some water, and then maybe some grass. Or or to come from the bottom up, I could get wood, and then grass, and uh, water, and then stone. But how do I get them? I might play... Well, actually, interestingly, all three of these cards have the same function. But let's say I had this card instead. I might play this card that says, hey, first, 
rotate the tower from the bottom and then take everything from the top down. Or this one says, rotate the tower from the second one up and then take everything from the bottom up. And I think this one makes sense. Now, by playing this card, I'm giving up the ability to make this green landscape. And that's not good, because I can see there's a green landscape over here. There's a green landscape over here. I might want to do a bunch of set collection and get all these. But you have to make tough choices. I say, I'm going to discard this card to rotate the tower from the second level, like that, and then start collecting from the bottom up. So what do I get? I get one wood which is what I need, I get one um, greenery, and then I get two water. Now, unfortunately, it would have been perfect if there had been one water here, because then I would have gotten one water and one stone. I would have had everything I needed. But that's my turn. My turn is over. On a future turn, uh, you know, because after my turn's over, I say, oh, look, okay. Let's go on ahead and um, refill. I'll grab th both these greens so I can start trying to make a green. Oh, and then there's the other orange I need for the end of this. That is literally the one I want. Um, but let's say now on a future turn, you know what? I don't really care about working on this brown one. So I'm not going to use it to have a new work shite. I'm not going to use it to harvest stuff. I'm going to use it for the wagon. And that means I get to transfer stuff. And I transfer, and I transfer, and I transfer. And I was almost efficient enough. I almost got all four things done. But as it is, I got three things done. This is now built. It was a purple, so I move forward on the purple scoring track. And you want to move forward on all of these tracks. It's hugely important that uh, you do. Because if one player really masters one and gets to where the 10 and then keeps on going, your other stuff starts falling backwards as I keep pushing. And you could actually even get pushed off the board. So you've got the strategy of trying to go for one color and outpace everybody. Or... You know, divide and conquer. Have a lot of different colors, depending on what it is you're trying to build. But then, of course, you're also trying to create the entire landscapes. And this game is absolutely phenomenal. I cannot stress just how much fun it is. I mean, just this is fun by itself. You know, playing the cards, trying to manipulate it so you're going to get the right stuff you need. Or, if you don't like what you get, you can also be manipulating it to make sure the next player in turn order will, hey, here's what you've got. Are you happy with that? I don't think so. Uh, so you've got that kind of stuff. Because, hey, there are even blank spaces that... Um, you know, oh, I don't get hardly anything. But who cares? Maybe all I wanted was three lumber and a stone. And if I build from the top up, this is exactly what I wanted. But the multi-use cards are great. I always love that. The coolest thing about this thing, though, is the really strict, harsh restriction. You can only hold four things at any given time. And so you're... Although you can expand that with a power-up to hold five things. And it's all about working with incredibly tight constraints. Constantly sacrificing awesome cards to do other things so that you can master the uh, four gardens and come out victorious. And oh my gosh, I just love it. Look at this, Pico. It's so easy to put away, too. It's just, you know, they come yeah. apart. Uh, you don't have to take these apart or anything. Everything about this game is fantastic. I absolutely adore it. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, our, our sponsor this week is Arcane Wonders. But regardless of that, you can go back and watch my original run-through I did years ago. This was one of the best games I played the year it came out. Absolutely a blast. Yeah, All right. it's a wonderful game. As you can see, look over my shoulder here. I mm. still have my copy as well. Michelle and I absolutely love Four Gardens. Um, you know, we, we saw that Pagoda at first. We thought, okay, it's a nice little gimmick. No, it's an integral part of the game. Like, mm -hmm. Just figuring out that puzzle of where you're going to turn it. And like you said, oh, I've got to give up this card, which I don't want to do, but I need these resources right now. They're in the perfect position or whatever. So, yeah, fantastic game. One of our favorites. And, yeah, it's still on my shelf for a good reason. That is wild. We did not coordinate this. You didn't know I was going to be talking about Four Gardens not today. You had no idea. That's yeah. just on your wall because you love it. Um, yep. Well, you know what, folks? you might soon love it as well because one of you lucky viewers is going to get a chance to win a copy of Four Gardens uh, sent to you by Arcane Wonders. And uh, how do they win, Ruel? 
how you win, folks, is you're going to watch the show, and one of us is going to say the secret word at some point during the show, and what you're going to do is take a note of what game we're talking about when we see the secret word, and you'll send us secret word, which, as you can see down there, is Cruise. Cruise. Uh, when one of us says Cruise, you will send the name of the game, not Cruise, the name of the game, to an, uh, in an email to rado, contest at rado.com. So again, the name of the game that we're talking about that time, contest at rado.com, and you will be entered to win um, from our sponsors, Arcane Wonders. Yeah, I can't, I mean, uh, if I didn't already have one, I'd be very jealous that one of you is going to win and I wouldn't have it. I mean, just absolutely adore this game. This one is not leaving our shelves ever, I don't think. Yep. Such a great game. That's it's a right. little on the abstract side, but it's just so, it's so deceptively uh, simple. It, it seems, oh, yes. you, just play, you just play three cards. I mean, but, oh, wow. It, great, great stuff. So one lucky winner, listen for one of us to say the word cruise. And then, as Rio said, right down at the bottom, contestatraw.com, send that email out. And we will do a drawing a week from today. So you have until March 22nd to get your entry in. If you're watching this on March 23rd, I'm sorry. I still recommend the game highly, though. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe better luck next time. But uh, that is it, folks. We have uh, you know gotten business out of the way, and so now we can go to pleasure. We are continuing yes. our top one hundred. Are you ready, Ruel? How's it looking for you? I am ready. It's looking great, and um, I'm good to go. All right, and we're doing seventy to sixty-nine, I believe. Now is that correct? Or sixty-one? Is that where we're seventy to sixty-one? Yes, we are. Yes. Yep. So. We, we're about a third of the way in, and we're going to start things off with 70. Um, I'll put that on the screen here. Please Our number 70 game of all time, uh, top 100 games, is... And why didn't this... Oh, I got to press the button. That's what That'll I That'll do, do it uh, every time. That's, that's, that's how we roll. Okay. Our number 70 game of all time is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. QE, Quantitative Easing. So QE oh. from Board Games... BoardGameTables.com. Now, you have a little funny look on your face. It's interesting. I'm very so. interested to hear about this. This is a three-player minimum game. So it's uh, three-player minimum games yes. generally don't come across gens in my table too often. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm wrapped with attention. Why is this one of the greatest games of all time? One of the greatest games because, Richard, I'll tell you this, it is the greatest auction game out there. Wow. Ever. And we just had a fantastic one. Uh, you'd mentioned Raw by Reiner Canizia, one of my all-time favorites. Yep. QE takes it up another level, and here's why. Okay. QE, it's a it's a um, economic term based on called quantitative easing. It's um, so I don't know anything about economics. All I know is how to barely balance my checkbook. But <laughs> there's this there's this uh, thing about where countries will print their own money, and there's a way to you know battle inflation and so forth. This is a game of your different countries trying to uh, grab different industries. And you're going to do that by bidding uh, on the different industries. Now, here's the thing that makes this so interesting. Richard, you have absolutely no limit to what you can bid. If you want to bid a dollar, that's fine. If you want to bid a billion dollars, that's fine. Because you're the head of the country, you're the head of the treasury, you're printing your own money. So whatever you want to bid is what you bid. And then you go through the rounds, and what you're trying to do is bid on the different industries. And at the end of the game, it's a little bit of set collection. And here's the really cool twist, which I think Mr. Kinezia or Dr. Kinezia would rec um, really, really enjoy, is mm -hmm. the player who spent the most money has automatically bankrupted their country. They automatically lose. So it's the next person who will be the winner. Wow. The next person up. Yeah, so it's 
absolutely fantastic. Um, the, it was a huge hit with my gaming group, and it's one of those games that gets better as you play it with the same group, because then all of a sudden it's all this meta that starts mm -hmm. going on. It's like, oh, Ruel's playing. We all know he's going to uh, bid, you know, $3 billion on this thing. I was like, oh, my buddy Daryl's playing. We know he's going to bid, like, 1000 on this. So it's got a lot of meta gaming going on. Um, it's just... Gosh, just that, just that simple touch of you could bid whatever you want is just so awesome. And uh, that's why it's our number 70 game of all time, QE. It makes sense. I remember now, I didn't remember the name of it, but I remember Tom Vassell talking about this and raving uh -huh. about it. And this has yeah. always been one of those, uh, if I ever get a chance to play some three-player minimum games, this is definitely on my list and you have just cemented it. It's the first time I ever heard yeah. about that. Yeah, just bid whatever you want. Bid five billion. That's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll raise you. I'll see you six billion. Um, yeah. it's just, yeah. <laughs> that's mind blowing to me. Um, yeah. what, what it's so funny. Like there's games where I've played where like, you know, we've spent like a total of like 120,000. Then there's other games where we played with, it's like 26 billion, you know, it's just, it's so crazy and so huge ranging. Um, but yeah, you know, now I think about it, I, I'm kicking myself cause this would have been perfect to play at Dice Tower West with you, you know, three player yes. minimum. We could have easily gotten a game together. And Come on, man. It was I on your list. Copy. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but it is a uh, just an awesome game, and that's why it's ranked so highly. Uh, number seventy, QE. Oh man, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. It's interesting too. Like I said, I mean, I'd put Raw uh, in, in the nineties of our list, and Raw is a tough act to beat. But that sounds really freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and as much as I love Raw and Doctor Kinesia, this one I think it's it's a purer form of auction. Yeah, I think. Yep. Um, but, cool, cool, yeah. cool. All right, well, that was our number 70, and I like it a lot, but not as much as I like our number 69, Circle the Wagons. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I know you are a fan of this publisher. Am I right? Yes. Button Shy is the jam. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they are a publisher that specializes in basically micro games. Games that you can literally put in your wallet or your back pocket. They even have this special packaging thing. It's not a box. It's more like a soft wallet-like container. So you can just take these games and bust them out anywhere. I have played several of their games. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is their best. It is a brilliant... Um, what's it called? I don't think there's a term for these kinds of card games where you're, you're drafting cards and then laying them down on top of other cards cards beneath other cards to try to create patterns i like to call it like card patchwork or something like that because you're like or quilting like you're putting all these pieces together and um what you do is as is often the case with button shy games you set up the game by shuffling up your what i think it's 18 cards 16 or 18 cards draw three of them and flip them over those become the unique objective combination of stuff you have to do this game which is brilliant of itself because there's so many different objectives you'll never play the same game of this twice then you start playing and this is a two-player game i believe there's solo rules as well but I've only played it two-player with my wife. And it's a time track game because I can see, oh, um, you know, uh, 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 minor cards are really important this turn and there aren't very many of them amongst the remaining cards. Oh no, what am I going to do? Well, you can just go ahead and grab any card that's literally uh, circling the main portion of the board. It's the uh, circle of the circling of the wagons. It's like all the wagons have uh, arrayed themselves around the three objectives uh, at the start. So um, you can go ahead and grab any one you want, but every card you you skip over that um, to get the one that's perfect or the scoring you're giving to your opponent and so uh, the tension in this game is so high of constantly trying to figure out uh, how bad do I want this? How much will it hurt me if, Ruel, I give you these three particular cards so I can grab that fourth card? I can't do it! 
But if I jump too, then I know you're going to go on ahead and grab that. And we can both see how important it is. And this game takes 10 minutes. And it's just nonstop agonizing tension from start to finish as you're slowly building up. You know, you can't necessarily achieve all three objectives, but you can see what I'm going for. I can see what you're going for. There are no secrets in this game, and it's absolutely brilliant. Super lightweight, super... I mean, I guess maybe it's kind of a shame that you can't play it at higher player counts. It's not a problem for me in Gen. Uh, and as I understand it, it's a very satisfying solo game as well. So, number 69 on the list. Uh, one of the many, many greats from Button Shy Games... Circle the Wagons. Yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliant game. I love all their designs. And like you said, for a 10-minute game, it packs such a huge punch. And I, mm -hmm. I absolutely love all their games. I, I think, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Danny Devine might be one of the designers of Circle the Wagons. And he's done a bunch of great stuff, including uh, uh, Sprawlopolis, Agropolis, which are also Button yep. Shy games. So good. And yes, super puzzly. And oh my gosh, I, I love Button Shy games. Great all choice. Right. All right. Very nice. Okay, but let's move on to our number 68 game. Let's do that. Uh, this one, I feel like this is a little of an underrated game, and I, I'm glad to see it on the list at number 68. It is Ethnos. Uh, this is Yes, Ethnos from uh, Simon or Kaman or Cool Mini or not, whatever you want to call them, whatever they're going by these days. This surprised me because it uh, this really called for, I feel like, uh, it called for like all the miniatures that Cool Mini Not usually does, and they they decided to go away from that and just give us a map with like these little tokens. But the gameplay is awesome. I describe it as Ticket to Ride meets Blood Rage. You take those <laughs> two things, mash them together, and you got Ethnos because the gameplay is so streamlined. You're just drawing cards like Ticket to Ride. You're drawing and uh, trying to play sets of them, and whatever set you play, you're gonna go and invade that area. Uh, this is an area majority game, so yes, there is conflict. So this is not, yeah. you know, a peaceful uh, a game. You are fighting over these uh, different areas, but it's done so brilliantly. You're again, you're adding all these cards, you're playing them. Each little tribe that you play can will score uh, points depending on how many you do, and then the different tribes have different abilities yeah. and scoring mechanisms. It's so brilliantly done, and it's so quick to play. And it's one of those I would consider a gateway plus game because gateway because it's easy to learn, but then plus because there's a lot more strategy and depth to it than you think um, it is uh, that it would have. And also because all the different factions, there's plenty in the game. I think there's like a dozen. You only uh, you randomly like pick six of them and play the game. You do three ages. You score up who has the most points, who has the most area, and that's your winner. Ethnos always wonderful. And here's the great thing about it. It plays well at two. I obviously I like it better at higher player counts. It plays up to six players, mm -hmm. and I've never had a game longer at six players than maybe like 60, 70 minutes. Wow. It's it's snappy and quick. So if you have one of those like you know game nights where you have a few more players than usual, Ethnos is a winner. That's why it's our number sixty-eight game. Yeah, yeah. I have never heard anything but rabid praise for this game. And it's interesting you said right up front that it kind of flies under the radar. I think this game makes pretty much everybody's uh, you know, top 10 overlooked, right? Yeah. Beca and it's because, yeah. yeah, this is not what you expect from Simon. And it's really interesting mm -hmm. that Cool Mini or not, you know, they're known for something and they really... What can you say? Exercised restraint in a way that they have yeah. never done before. Uh, because, yeah, right. this could totally be full. I mean, it could have been a bigger map with cool miniatures and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Now, to be fair, um, one thing I've always salivated over is the art on the cards from uh, John Howe, who is like the premier Tolkien Lord of the Rings artist. 
you know, uh, yeah. you know, he did all the the concept art for the movies and whatnot. So uh, it's uh, you know, the board itself is a little plain, but they did not um, yeah. go cheap on the art at all. Uh, so yeah. good choice. That is definitely. I mean, Thanks. obviously, I'm not an area control kind of guy, but this does feel like one of those you know bucket list style games that you gotta play it. Bef- um, you know, be- before you shuffle off this mortal this cardboard coil that we find ourselves definitely. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, highly recommend. Okay, good right. call. Um, yeah, uh, you are definitely coming at me with stuff that I must play in a big, big way yeah. today. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, uh, the number 67 on the list, I think is definitely a must play as well, although it's going to be harder for most folks to do it because number 67 is Glory to Rome. Oh, yes. uh, yep, yep, yeah. yep. And, of course, the uh, Glory to Rome is arguably the greatest modern designer card game there is from uh designer carl shuddock uh, originally published by cambridge game factory and um the problem is it is long out of print long 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 out of print and um the rights for it are all kinds of tied up and publishers for years have been lining up around the block saying look we want you to reprint this game and give it a lavish reprint with art from you know vincent dutre or somebody like that and we just uh, the uh, it's it nobody can get their hands on it and it's such a shame uh it is a grail game for so many players and i will never get rid of my copy i've got but what is it well it is set in ancient Rome and uh, we are trying to rebuild the city after catastrophe and uh, it's uh, this is interesting these days we've had recently you know a few years ago terraforming Mars and then more recently Arc Nova and it's like there's this rise of the gigantic brick of cards all of them <laughs> unique all of which do amazing things you never know what you're going to get every time you play Glory to Rome started that that's uh, what yeah. Glory Room is. It's just full of amazing cards that all do such a wide variety of stuff. Every time you play, you're going to get a different experience. But this is also the granddaddy of multi-use cards. Nobody does it better than Glory to Rome. Because every card, you can tuck it under your board on the left, and that means it is a patron who will do work for you. You can tuck it under the um, b- bottom of your board, and it becomes resources that you can use to build buildings. You also need to um, use these buildings for foundations to build other buildings. And cards that you don't use end up going into a common pool in the center of the board that other players can grab stuff from. So the level of interactivity in this game is super high, super interesting, because this is also a game where, hey, when I decide I'm going to do a crafting action, if somebody else at that moment has a craft card in their hand, they can say, oh, look, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do it too. So you're really invested in every player's turn. Um, Players are constantly creating the resources you need to pursue your own goals and every time you play there's such a huge variety of cards that you will be exposed to as you are racing to uh, find glory to Rome. it's absolutely phenomenal uh you know one of the best card games of all time and one of the great tragedies of the board game industry that it is all but impossible to get your hands on these days i thought about not putting it on the list quite frankly because it felt like it was kind of cruel but i i can't deny it's great uh glory to Rome. Yeah. And Rome demands yeah. wood, <laughs> as an example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, regardless of the uh, print status, it's still you know a, a, one of the greatest games of all time. And from what I understand, like the the rights to it are never gonna get resolved. Yes, um, I think apparently. it's just like a bitter, yeah, bitter battle, and it's just one of those things that'll never be reprinted. Yeah. But you know, luckily there there are you know if you're willing to pay the big bucks, they are out there, and um, 
luckily like for myself someone that doesn't have the budget to get his own copy i have friends that have copies that i can easily access so yep that's the lesson folks if you can't buy it then make friends make friends who, who have somebody out there has got it <laughs> yep great call uh, awesome choice for number six all right seven but let's move on to number 66 this that's... is another game that will probably surprise you it surprised me because as i was ranking my games i was I was surprised like how this one kept going up and up on my list. Mm. It's Trains Rising Sun. Oh my now, gosh. Really? Yeah, I that's that's what I thought too and I, I kept coming up and it, because it's a wonderful game. We just talked about Ethnos that was a mash of Ticket to Ride and um Blood Rage. Trains is a mashup of Ticket to Ride and Dominion. Mm-hmm. It's a deck building game, but it's got a board and as you play along here, you are building uh, uh train routes uh, in Japan. And uh, it's, you know, you try to connect these different stations and you're building it using uh, uh, your deck uh, that you've created. And what's really interesting, too, is that they have this, I, I forget, I think it's called trash or garbage or whatever that clogs your deck. So, yes. you know, as you're building these things, you are generating garbage and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and you need to get it out of your deck because it's clogging up. So I think it's a really interesting way to do that. Um, like tick or like uh, Dominion, you have the standard decks. Um, it's, I mean, it's literally the first game trains is literally all the dominion stuff transferred over into a train theme. Yeah. But rising sun takes it to the next level where it adds some special, um, uh, train, uh, trains, uh, that are different than the uh, base game and also different, um, uh, abilities. And I think goals as well. You want to connect certain routes. Um, uh, Michelle and I love this game at two players. Now here's the thing. It, it can be a little cutthroaty. Um, it yes. can be a little mean. Uh, but you play more players, it's a little less that. But we still really enjoy it. I think a lot of it's because we loved our trip to Japan. And, you know, as we're oh, traveling sure. on, yeah, as we get on there, we just think of the times when we're in Tokyo and we would um, cruise from one station to another on these trains and, you know, Shibuya and also, you know, uh, Mitaka and so forth. Um, it's a wonderful mashup of uh, two of my favorite things, Ticket to Ride and Dominion. That's why it's our number 66, Trains Rising Sun. An excellent, excellent choice. And I believe this is the game where the world first really became aware of Japanese designer Hisashi Hiyashi, right? Might not have been his first published design, but this is the one that put him on the map. And, you know, he has been nothing but a design superstar ever since then with, you know, Yokohama and so many other great games. And, yeah, I agree. Um, You know, this is the answer to the question. Well, I really like Dominion, but I wish it was a board game. And it's surprising just how great a board game Dominion can be. I completely agree. Good, good call. Good call. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that was uh, number 66. Um, yeah, and you're right. It's interesting. You're right to say it's a surprise, but it shouldn't be. It's so good. I wonder if this yeah. is one of those ones that everybody just takes for granted. Oh, yeah, that was really good. You know, but it's just... Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I think part of it, too, I really wish AEG would have, like, really pushed it. Like, I felt like they released trains. They did Rising Sun. Rising Sun they sort of, like, just, okay, that's it. I feel like they really could have made a push for it. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Maybe it just didn't sell as as well as they Maybe. thought it would. But I mean, they I, did the expansion. Yeah, you know what they need to do? Game. They need to get John D. Clare to do a <laughs> new updated design of it in the Cubitos yes. um, uh, universe. <laughs> and <laughs> it'll blow up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, uh, an excellent choice. Man, I haven't thought about that game for years, but you're right. Just thinking about it and looking at it makes me want to play it again. But not as much as number 65 on the list, The Loop. Oh my goodness, I love The Loop so much. Um, One of the best 
new cooperative card games to come out in years. Uh, absolutely Agreed. phenomenal. Agreed. And uh, it, it definitely has kind of a pandemic-inspired vibe. This is, I like to think of them as firefighting games. Because, hey, we, we're running around a map trying to deal with all kinds of problems that are propping up while also keeping in mind that there's some big overarching goal we're trying to do. Very much like um, the, uh, a pandemic. In this game, we are time travelers who are trying to stop the nefarious Dr. Fu or Dr. Foe, depending on what uh, area of the world you live in, because uh, it got a rename when it came to the States. But either way, he's an evil time traveler trying to destroy the fabric of space-time. And at the center of the board is his time machine, which is a cool little little miniature cube tower. And whenever he acts, what he does is he rotates that, and you can see there are three ramps that anything that drops in will come randomly out. And so every once in a while, he does bad stuff, and you've got to get these evil space-time continuum rip... Uh, 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 cubes, drop them in, and you hope and pray, oh, please let them go down the right ramp. If they go down the center of the left ramp, everything is destroyed. (gasps) Okay, okay, okay. And, and and there's so much really interesting long-term planning in this game um, because, you know, that's what we're trying to clean up. All these cubes. He's literally spewing all over the board, ripping up all the different, um, you know, eras of time. You know, the age of industrialization, the, uh, the age of the information age, the Bronze Age, and all of that. And each player is a member of an elite time-traveling squad. Each of us have our own superpowers uh, that we can use all the time. But more importantly than that, we also have a hand of cards, all these different artifacts that we can find scattered throughout history that make us progressively more and more and more powerful. And uh, everything about this game is absolutely phenomenal. I think what really stands out for me um, more than so many games of its ilk is you can so clearly see what is going to be happening, what you have to plan for, what the immediate threat to this game is. That's not to say there aren't random cards that get drawn and will surprise you and whatnot, but you know where Dr. Fu is going to strike X. You know what you have to do this round to clean up because there's a 1 in 3 chance or a 1 in 2 chance or a 1 in 5 chance that things will blow up on you. And can you afford to take those risks? But all that aside, the most impressive thing about this is those artifacts I was talking about, they all have different suits on them that represent, I don't know, vortices and warps and stuff like that. And while you're building your deck of special powers you're getting, you kind of want to get them all from the same suit. Because one of the things you can do on your turn is, after you've played all your cards and used all their special powers and all that, you can trigger a loop. Which means you get to untap all the cards of one of those suits and activate them again. This will cost you resources that you need for other stuff. But when you pull off a perfectly timed double or even triple turn, where you loop and then loop again... Uh, it is one of the most satisfying feelings you are ever going to have in all board gamedom. Uh, all the variety of all the objectives you have to do, all the different stuff Dr. Fu's going to... The game comes with, I think, like three or four different um, scenarios that add extra type um, you know, devices that Dr. Fu or Foe throws at you. Everything about this game is fantastic, including a wickedly, um, genuinely funny sense of humor. If you like time travel puns, which it turns out Jen and I do. So um, that plus everything else puts it on the list at number 66, or I'm sorry, uh, 65, The Loop. Yeah, fantastic choice. And again, this was not planned, but if you look over Oh my gosh, here, is it happening again? Sure, look what I have on the shelf there. It wow. is absolutely wonderful. Love The Loop. Uh, as you said, one of the best co-op games released in years, and uh, for all the reasons you said, uh, just wonderful. And it's uh, like I'm glad you mentioned the humor because there was a lot of funny little uh, time travel puns in there. And, yep, well, folks will enjoy that. There in that. 
But let's move on to our number uh, 64 game. Yes, do it. Uh, this one, um, we're going to travel back a little bit in time here, about uh, 30 years, 40 years ago, <clears throat> back to the 70s. Number 64 is Watergate. Mm-hmm. This is a two-player game based on the Watergate incident back in the 70s, uh, President Richard Nixon, and blah, 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 blah. What it is, basically, friends, is Twilight Struggle Light. That's the way I describe it. Uh, it's got a very similar um, card play mechanism. And hey, look at that. Look at those two fine gentlemen playing the game there in the video. <laughs> That's Shay Parker and yours truly, Ruel Capula, uh, playing it uh, when I first joined the channel. I I adore this game. And Michelle and I really got into the history of the game. There is, It's based on actual history. All the events, as you can see there, uh, you can see Shay playing a card there. Uh, what it is, it's a tug of war. Uh, you're trying to bring momentum to your side in order to, um, you know, uh, win for your side. Basically, it's either the Nixon administration uh, or the press. One side or the other is going to win. The press is trying to take down Nixon. Nixon is trying to uh, weasel his way out of um, his uh, his just desserts. And um, one of you is going to win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a tug of war. Whoever gets uh, the most, I think it's um, uh, influence, not influence, but... Um, uh, momentum on their side to complete their goals is going to win and you can see there uh, you see the uh, it's uh, it's like a little bit of route building or uh, mm-hmm. network connections where you're trying to connect the evidence to nixon and there's ways that you can do that as the press uh, as you play cards but then nixon has his uh, uh allies as well you can play his cards you know so-and-so might flip or whatever and you can block uh access to that so Oh, it's a wonderful game, yeah. a very tense and very quick. It plays between 30 and 45 minutes, and um, it, that's why it's our number 64, the wonderful Watergate. I you know, I agree. If, if, if Ruel has piqued your interest about this at all, I strongly suggest do a Google search for Rado Watergate. Uh, you will not find anything illicit there. Instead, you will find that run-through where Shay and Ruel faced off. It's a quick 45-minute long video, and you played all the way to the end, and it was nail-biting right up to the end. I will not spoil who won, but oh yeah. man, if that video does not um, identify and articulate just why this game is so beloved among two-player head-to-head gamers yeah 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 yeah. good call fantastic game all right all right i like it um yeah of course i'm just gonna like these things more and more as we go because these are the best games of all time as we clearly stated right up front and i think we are delivering (laughs) folks including with uh number 63 on the list jump drive when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, I, I probably have a little bit of egg on my face, because I just finished talking about Glory to Rome, which is widely considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, designer card games of all time. I put Jump Drive over Glory to Rome. <gasps> yes! And nice thing is, Glory to Rome is easy to get. It's not hard out of place to get. This is basically, uh, you could call it Race for the Galaxy Express. Uh, it, it captures all the, you know, the really fun, nail-biting, intense decisions of, I got a handful of all these really great galactic empire-building cards, but if I want to play this particular one, I got to trash these other ones. 
I don't want to trash anything. I need all of these cards. They're all amazing. Um, you know, which again is the uh, the uh, the race for the galaxy formula. What this game does, though, to jump drive and, and make us go at super duper speed is it drops the uh, the playing cards to trigger actions that everybody else follows. This game is just to the metal. You are trashing cards to play other cards. Those cards either give you immediate benefits or ongoing benefits for the rest of the game. And it is rare that you will find a game that has compounding rewards as fast as this game. This game generally takes like four, five, or six rounds and it's over. And you know, at the end of the first round, everybody looks around and says, oh, I made one space buck. I made two space bucks. That last round, I made 70 space bucks. You know, <laughs> and boom, I just won the game. Well, I made 75. You know, I mean, it, it's just absolutely yeah. incredible. The satisfaction you get as it just ramps up quicker and quicker and quicker. I totally forgot to put it on the screen. Sorry about that, folks. Um, oopsie. I was just so excited about this game. I forgot to do my job <laughs> and actually show what it looks like. But yeah, uh, trash cards, play cards. Everybody reveals cards at the same time. Uh, this is arguably a very multiplayer, solitaire type game. A lot of people will argue that's why it's not as interesting. But I've never really... Uh, I mean, honestly, the game is so fast... There's there's no time to worry about what everybody else is doing. You are just going from zero to hero faster than just about any other game that the uh, modern designer card game uh, industry has ever seen. And it's so satisfying. And like its predecessor, Race for the Galaxy, another thing I've always loved is, after it's over, I still feel like I've told a story. A little story in miniature of a galactic civilization that grew pursued certain things, decided, oh, that's not working, let's pivot and do this other thing. And I always just love that I, I feel like I've been part of a vast, uh, you know, uh, Dune-style epic that just happened to play out in 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, it's appropriately named. I mean, this is such a warp speed fast game. Jump Drive uh, is so satisfying, so much fun. Um, it's number 73 on the list. I... I fully agree with you. I think this game... You know, I wish I would have learned this game before I learned Race for the Galaxy and Roll for the Galaxy. Really? Because it was a... Because when I learned uh, Roll for the Galaxy, that was the first one I learned. It was early in my, you know, when I got into board gaming. And just the iconology and everything else, it was a little overwhelming for me as a new player. This is the one I would introduce to new players, right? Because, number one, um, it doesn't have as many icons that you need to learn. But number two, like you said, it's so snappy and quick. It's yeah. so satisfying. Like, within... Ten five minutes, you're like, oh, all right, here's my engine. I'm getting everything going. Then five minutes later, oh, we're done. Uh, you know who won? <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then, but it's it's cool. Like you said, you can tell your little, little mini story, and then as as ha always happens with this type of game, let's play it again. You know, yeah. you you will definitely play it once, twice, maybe three times in a session. Absolutely love it, and a great choice for number 63, my friend. Jump yep. drive. Excellent, well excellent, excellent. I'm glad you okay. agree. And now, if you just don't like the spacefaring theme, there's an alternative. From the same designer, Tom Lehman, one of the greats of modern board game design, The previously he had done a different uh, themed game called The City. And it's the yes. same basic idea. You're trashing cards to play other cards. You're building up really fast. That game uh, focuses more on resource generation, whereas uh, Jump Drive focuses more on card combo stuff. But if you would prefer like a modern day setting, check out The City. If you love sci-fi, though, you can't go wrong with Jump Drive. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually the one Michelle prefers. She, uh, she likes The City, and we, mm. we play it every now and then. Yep, it's, yep. It's, it's wonderful. Yep. All right. So, great choice. Let's move on to our number 62 game. Let's do it. Another one that's... That may be surprising to some people, but number 62 is The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. Oh my gosh, really? Godfather. 
yes. So this is this is interesting. I felt like this game was overhyped when it first came out, but then can a game that's overhyped be underrated at the same time? Because I feel like <laughs> it is. It's got this weird, because at the time, if you remember, the, a lot of content creators came out and they all did this thing at the same time. Oh, that's remember right. That? I remember. Oh, yeah, Rodney yeah, Smith like, organized Rodney a bunch Smith. of content creators because they were yeah. all fans of the game. It's not that yep. they were, you know, they were just all genuinely super excited. And on the same yeah. day, they all, look, here's us focusing on this game from a million different angles. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it, it kind of backfired. Like coordinated. Yeah, it, it's, it, it almost like, I felt like it got overhyped maybe. And people just, oh, we don't want to, you know, whatever. Everyone says it's great. Maybe it's not. It is. It's an Eric Lang game. It's in the Blood Rage um, uh, sort of like epic uh, thing. But Again, I love the IP. I'm a huge fan of The Godfather, one of my favorite games, uh, movies of all time. And this, while at times can feel a little like generic mafia, there are hints of The Godfather in this. Uh, you are playing, it's an area control game. You can see there in the cards, you have different resources. So you're going to play, you know, either alcohol or um, money or dr illicit drugs. or So it's an adult-themed game, right? Yes, this is not definitely. For kids. But uh, if you watch The Godfather, that's what it is. You are trying to take over territories by playing these cards, and you're going to do drive-bys. You're going to put people... There it is. People are going to go in the river. They're going to sleep with the fishes, folks. <laughs> and you know what happens there. Um, it, it's I. It's an area control game. Um, I think it's wonderful. And it was, it was criminally, criminally underrated mm. for whatever reason. I think it might have been a, one of those overhyped games. But, oh, it's wonderful. I played it at different player counts. The so two-player isn't bad, but if you can play it at three and four... That's where you want to play it. Um, set collection, area control, area majority. Um, each round, you're um, you're limited to how much money you can have at a, a certain time. So you're going to have to eventually give up resources, which is ugh, always agonizing. Yeah. But gosh, I love this game. I played it several, maybe at least a dozen times. And it's always epic. It has one of those things that I like about Eric Lang games where, you know, you're playing the game the first couple of ages, you're setting yourself up. Then at the very end of the game, you have this big epic round where everyone is going to end up sleeping with the fishes. Who's going to be left remaining in New York to control it? You will see. And that's why it's our number 62, The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. Yeah, I have to admit, I had not paid attention to this game originally. But then I did a top 10 last year with uh, the guys from Shelfside, which is a great okay. YouTube channel. I mean, those guys are yes. hilarious. I love everything they do. And this is now the second time I have sat down while somebody tells me how amazing this game is and how criminally overlooked it is. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, this is from Eric Lang. This is from Mr. Blood yeah. Rage. You know, this is, exactly. um, you know, from Mr. Onk. I mean, you know, you know, one of the most celebrated, uh, you know, highly thematic and yet still really satisfying Euroy style game fusion designers. Maybe the most highly celebrated working in the industry. And somehow, yeah. this one just hasn't quite gotten the same amount of love and attention. And, uh, yeah, from everything I've seen, if you're if you're down to clown, if you are into the subject matter, uh, and you are ready to send your opponent to sleep with the fishes, as you say, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer. I've, uh, I've heard nothing but great things about it, and I have nothing but respect for, um, you know, Eric Lang's design chops. So it makes perfect yeah. sense to me that this would put on the list at number 62. Yeah. All right. Okay. We got one more. Yes, let's, we uh, have. And uh, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't imagine much more of a 360 between um, uh, that right. one and uh, number 61 on the list, Fresco. 
Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk yeah. about 360. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've played Fresco for well. Um, I, and I, I will I admit, not, this, this yeah, is one of the uh, earlier games that got Jen and I into the board game hobby. Uh, you know, we, we discovered it, I think, in our first year of gaming and uh, just instantly fell in love with it. And it has got now some of my absolute favorite mechanisms. At the time, I just thought, oh, that's kind of cool. But now I recognize, yeah, this game does this better than anybody else. This is a... I guess you could call it kind of a worker placement game where players are artisans along the lines of a, uh, a Michelangelo or a Leonardo da Vinci type Renaissance era. And our, we have been hired to restore the fresco of, of a massive cathedral. So we're working on redoing the, the, the ceiling. Which means we have to collect paints, we have to mix paints, and then we have to deploy those paints to different tiles in the center of the board to uh, score points. And, uh, you know... On the, from what I described, it sounds so simple, but this is a really rich and interesting game. And what I like most about it is how thematic it is as a Euro. Because you really do embody the life of a Renaissance-era painter. The first thing you do every morning, there's kind of a, a sort of auction uh, or, you know... Uh, 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 a timing draft where players are deciding, how early do I get up in the morning? Um, you know, it, it has that level of detail in the lives. Because the earlier you get up, you'll be able to get to the market sooner than other players and get the best deals on the paints you need. You'll be first to the cathedral so you can work on the most lucrative sections of the, uh, of the ceiling. But if you got up that early... You're also the grumpiest player, and you are not going to be able to get as much done that turn. Um, so you literally have fewer workers that you can place to represent all the actions you're doing. But don't worry, because if you save a little bit of time in the evening, you can go out to the theater, and that will rejuvenate your spirit. And um, you'll uh, offset the fact that you're completely exhausted because you keep getting up at 5 in the morning every day uh, you know, to beat everybody else out. But So I've loved all of that, but from a gameplay perspective, what's really special about the game is simultaneous action selection. Because everybody decides, what am I going to do today in secret, behind a shield. All right, I'm going to try and spend a couple of hours in the market. I'm not really going to do the cathedral at all today. I'm going to spend the afternoon doing personal portraits for rich people because I can see, oh, that's a really cool special power I could earn if I get down there. Will I get there before anybody else? Um, or do, do I not worry? Can I afford to sleep in late? Because chances are nobody else even wants that. And since I'm not even going to be... I don't care about what's in the market right now. I'll take whatever I can get. I can sleep in, get more actions, and focus on this other stuff. But inevitably, there is the moment when everybody with a flourish reveals what they they have chosen how are they going to spend their day and around the table is like oh no you're getting there oh okay i didn't think you were going to go there oh and it's just wonderful i mean because the best laid plans you know always fall apart when you run into the enemy i totally mishmashed and butchered a, a couple of different quotes there <laughs> but you get the idea it's really uh incredibly satisfying one of the most thematic euros that has ever come out also it has a fantastic two-player variant that you know these days you know two-player variants i think for the most part publishers are really kind of focused on let's try if we ever have to put a dummy player in let's try to make it as really simple to manipulate as possible this is an older game that eschews that and says no there's just a third player on the board and every other turn i get to control that character called leonardo and um i can use him to uh you know manipulate the state of the world uh if if he's going to get up earlier then i can make sure i'll get what i want and he gets what you want so you're stuck with something else unless you get up earlier in the morning um when he 
manipulates, when, when he works on sections of the ceiling, he'll pull over the bishop who will appraise the work and give extra points. And if I'm controlling him, I'll try to have him work on a space that means the bishop will come over to the area I'm working on. So he'll notice all the good work I'm doing as well. And by the way, you're on the other side of the board. You're working on different stuff. Too bad for you. It's um, really great. And then it's also fun just to mix paints. Um, you know, The game literally comes with a paint mixing guide on top of everything else. So um, it's absolutely phenomenal. Again, it's an older game, so I don't know if many people uh, you know, caught... I think it got a, bi- a super big box deluxe capture all yeah. the expansions a few years ago. It's definitely worth seeking out if you're at all interested in the subject matter, or like me, you like simultaneous action selection, or you just like really, really thematic mid-weight Euros. Fresco's one of the best. That's why it's number 61. Yeah, this one's been high on my list of games I need to play. Uh, it's well regarded, and I know that the um, the wake up track was uh, very influential in um, uh, Jamie Stegmeier's uh, Viticulture. He yes, sort of like, you're you know, right. That mm-hmm. yeah, he took that idea, and also there's another game, also Queen's Games, called uh, Parfume, which also used like a, a very streamlined version of that um, uh, mechanism as well, which I think is very clever. But yeah, uh, Fresco, I need to play it, and uh, just based on your you know what you just said about it, it's. Shooting to the high top of the part of my list of games I must play. Excellent. But, Excellent. All, all right. So, okay, folks, wow, we've done it again. How do we keep it again. pulling yeah. this together week after week? We did it somehow. <laughs> but the question is, did we say the secret word? Did Ruel or I say the word cruise? And did you hear it? Because if you did, you make note of the game that you heard uh, uh, one of us talking about and make a note of that and send it to an email at contest.rado.com. So you can win the prize. Oh, yes. An excellent, excellent prize. Four seasons. Okay. That's it. We are done. Um, We're... That was 61. So we're not quite halfway through the list yet. But it is just getting better and better every step of the way. So remember, folks, uh, we're getting together and counting down top tens every week. And hopefully we'll see you again next time. So, Ruel, let me just say, once again, as always, thank you very much uh, for helping me out with this. You This week, you have definitely made my mouth water for some games that I... I fa- you know, again, I, I, you have added a few games to my bucket list. Um, yeah. Which I, I thought I'd kind of seen it all. Good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's a, that's the great thing about this list because you know you, we we don't know what exactly is going to show up here, but th- we know it's going to be good. So yep, yep, uh, yep. yeah, I'm ready to play some games as well. But uh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine as always, my friend. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, Ruel. Thanks, audience. And in closing, of course, thanks to sponsor Arcane Wonders. Have a very very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye.